Peace, peace. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you, BET. Uh, thank you, Nate Parker, Harry, um, and Debbie Allen uh, for participating in that. Um, before we get into it, I just want to say, you know, I brought my parents out tonight. I just want to thank them uh, for being here, for teaching me um, to focus on comprehension over career, that uh, they make sure I learn what the schools were afraid to teach us, and also to thank my amazing wife for changing my life. Now, this award, this is not for me, this is for the real organizers all over the country, the activists, the civil rights attorneys, the struggling parents, the families, the teachers, the students that are realizing that a system built to divide and impoverish and destroy us cannot stand if we do. All right? It's kind of basic mathematics. The more we learn about who we are and how we got here, the more we will mobilize. Now, this is also in particular for the black women, in particular, who have spent their lifetimes dedicated to nurturing everyone before themselves. We can and will do better for you. Now, what we've been doing is looking at the data, and we know that police somehow manage to de-escalate, disarm, and not kill white people every day. So what's going to happen is we are going to have equal rights and justice in our own country, or we will restructure their function and ours. Now, I got more, y'all. Yesterday would have been young Tamir Rice's 14th birthday. So I don't want to hear any more about how far we've come when paid public servants can pull a drive-by on a 12-year-old playing alone in a park in broad daylight, killing him on television and then going home to make a sandwich. Tell Rakia Boyd how it's so much better to live in 2012 than it is to live in 1612 or 1712. Tell that to Eric Garner. Tell that to Sandra Bland. Tell that to Dorian Hunt. Now the thing is, though, all of us in here getting money, that alone isn't going to stop this. All right? Now, dedicating our lives, dedicating our lives to getting money just to give it right back for someone's brand on our body. When we spent centuries praying with brands on our bodies, and now we pray to get paid for brands on our bodies. There has been no war that we have not fought and died on the front lines of. There has been no job we haven't done, there's no tax they haven't levied against us, and we've paid all of them. But freedom is somehow always conditional here. You're free, they keep telling us. But she, she, she would have been alive if she hadn't acted so free. Now, freedom is always coming in the hereafter. But, you know what, though? The hereafter is a hustle. We want it now. And let's get, let's get a couple things straight, just a little side note. The burden of the brutalized is not to comfort the bystander. That's not our job, all right? Stop with all that. If you have a critique for the resistance, for our resistance, then you better have an established record of critique of our oppression. If you have no interest, if you have no interest in equal rights for black people, then do not make suggestions to those who do. Sit down. We've been floating this country on credit for centuries, yo. 
and we're done watching and waiting while this invention called whiteness uses and abuses us, burying black people out of sight and out of mind while extracting our culture, our dollars, our entertainment like oil, black gold, ghettoizing and demeaning our creations, then stealing them, gentrifying our genius, and then trying us on like costumes before discarding our bodies like rinds of strange fruit. The thing is, though, the thing is that just because we're magic doesn't mean we're not real. Thank you. Y'all better not come on my studio with that fake shit. Y'all better not come to my funeral with that fake shit. Y'all better off realizing there's nothing that y'all could do with me. All I ever ask is keep it eight more than 92 with me. What up, though? I am forever changed after hearing Jesse Williams' acceptance speech last night at the BET Awards. Like, I really was not ready. I wasn't ready at all. And But, you know, the fact that I'm a real bitch, I quickly got into formation when I started hearing so much real shit coming out of a man's mouth, like someone that is, you know, pretty much peaking in his career. So Jesse Williams has a lot to lose by giving this speech. And it makes me respect it even more because I know that we don't have enough people doing and saying what he did and said on the platforms they have. And I know we have, you know, some of the people that I follow on social media that are, you know, activists, D. Ray McKesson, Sean King, Melissa Harris Perry, Bomani Jones. Those are a few people that I follow to get my not sleep news from. You know, if you if you know any other people, you can hit me up on Twitter at iHeartMiko and um, let me know who they are. But I, I know we have people. I'm not saying we don't. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people that have voices that can reach more people. And they don't, you know, people don't choose to use their platform to educate not only our own people, but to educate others that are not us, because you do hear a whole lot of, you know, white people saying stuff like, well, you know, if you guys kill yourself, you guys are killing yourselves so much. Why don't you fix that problem? Then worry about the police. No, fuck you. Okay. You don't get to use the existence of black on black crime to justify racism and bigotry. So fuck you right off the top. You can't tell me that this isn't an epidemic. Like this isn't something serious. Like we are dying for no reason every day. And to me, it's starting to feel like it's for sport. Like, is this for sport? Is it just like how many black people can you kill? Like this shit is getting out of hand to me. And, and, and the same excuse keeps happening. This whole I feared my life. And so then when there's video evidence and footage of the cop not fearing his life, they bring in all this other bullshit and nonsense to make us believe that it was still just like it was still within the laws of the police force and, and and that makes me think that we need to question the fucking what are the laws like why are the laws like this you know we are the people you know these are these are we pay them with our tax dollars so if anything we should have a say 
on how they're going to be able to kill us. And we don't. And, and I just feel like the fact that they're predominantly killing black people, the rest of the world is just turning a blind eye to it. Like, well, it's not affecting my family. It's not affecting my household, you know, and, and it, it pretty much has to come to a point where everybody sees that this is wrong. Like we all need to understand that an injustice is an injustice. It doesn't matter who it happened to, you know, it's wrong. And the fact that nothing's happening, that these cops are getting off with murder and all these different things, it just shows me that we have like people are always like, oh, stop living in the past. Like that's the past is not slave. No, it, it's the same fucking shit. It's the same thing to me. Like you can't tell me this isn't the same thing. We are being killed over and over. And, you know, we, we, we're going to handle us. As black people, we're going to handle us. But right now, I just feel like we need to stand up and handle our country and handle what's happening to us. And we, we just need more people in powerful positions because people believe people they like on TV. Oh, you're famous. Oh, you got a lot of social media followers. Oh, you know, as soon as somebody like that says it, people jump on the bandwagon and start believing it. And so we just need more people in position to, you know, educate our community and our people on what's happening to us, what used to happen to us, what's still happening to us. You know what I'm saying? You you could you could tell me you you could deny police brutality against black people until you're blue in the fucking face. But the fact of the matter is we as black people are born into poor communities and left to die. We really are from poor housing to poor education to poor nutritional options, poor job opportunities, poor policing of our streets, poor conditions of our water. Like what the fuck? There's so many things happening in lower income communities that the rest of the world just takes a blind eye to because it's not affecting them. The governor of Michigan was caught poisoning the entire Flint community and nothing has happened to him. Like not a fucking thing has happened to him. What, what do you think would happen to me? Let's say I was a dog breeder. Like I bred dogs, like, you know, and someone found out that I was, a lot of my dogs were dying because I was poisoning them with lead, like in the water. Like I was putting something in their water and that's how they were dying. What, what would happen to me? Would I go to jail for killing all those dogs? Would I get stripped of, you know, being a certified dog breeder? Would anybody allow me to participate in the rejuvenation of said dogs' lives, you know, the ones that didn't die? No. One of those three things, something would happen to me. And the fact that nothing has happened to this nigga, he is killed, it's genocide, like he, he, it's ridiculous that nothing, not one thing, he still has his job. He's on the, the committee of fixing the water situation. How the fuck does he still get to have this job? You failed, my nigga, you failed. And the fact that he still has a job tells me we are so far from the goal of having a free America. We are far. We are so far. And and we we got to get there faster. I'm with Jesse. I'm a hustler. I want that shit now. 
I want something to happen right now. We're being murdered in a country that we built. We built this shit. We came here against our will and pretty much built the country. Just 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 like that. They, you know, they admire us as black people. A lot, a lot of, you know, slave owners back in the day, although they called us not a human, not, not, what is it, one third of a human being or something like that. But they always wanted to dress like us, you know, entertain like us, you know, look like us, you know, that shit was happening back then and it's happening now. You know, they raped our women back then, let them bear children. Like, if you really think somebody's a nigger or like one third of a human being, why would you want to reproduce with them? Why? I understand that it's a sense of power, but if you really think your bloodline is so pure and so perfect, why would you distort it with half black babies? It's because they fucking loved us. Racist, racist white people love us. They hate that they're not us. They wish they were us. People that aren't racist, they don't wish they were you. They're cool with who they are. Because that's the only thing that I could come up with as to why you would hate someone because of the color of their skin. You must, you must wish you were them. And judging by some of the shit that I've seen, you know, doing some research on, on our people, it just looks like they slowly wanted to be us at some point while killing us at the same time. I get bothered sometimes because I'm always looking at certain people thinking to myself, why aren't they using their platform to educate black people? I know they know. I know not sleep people. Like I, I can tell your energy when I'm around you, some of the little things you say, but a lot of people won't use that platform because they'll lose their job. People have bills to pay. I get it. That's why a lot of people won't come on my podcast because they have bills to pay and they're afraid that if they're actually themselves, it'll cost them a check. So I don't shade anybody that doesn't want to come on my show because it'll cost them a check. I don't. Will I, will I question, you know, your blackness? Yes, I will. And that's because I can, because I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. So to me, the, the OJ Simpsons of the world, I look down on them. I look down on people that aren't trying to educate their people and to, to show evidence of the bad things that are happening to us with their platform. Like, I'm not saying you need to go marching every week. I, I get that. But if you're somebody with certain status and you're black and you know what's happening to us and you're not doing anything about it, like you're also a part of the problem. And I understand the paycheck, like I said, but there is still something that we all can do to help get this country to turn around. We need everybody. We need warriors everywhere to stand up like Jesse just did and not just talk about it, but be about it. Some, some changes have to happen. And I mean now because I am fed up. I am fed up. Make America great again. Get the fuck out of here. When was America ever great? Can somebody tell me when it was great? Because I don't I don't remember a time yet when America was great. We were brought over here in slavery against our will. 
forced to build this country, feed it, take care of it, entertain it, even birth fucking offspring, or, or we were going to get killed. Then we, then we had the Jim Crow laws from the 1870s to damn near 1965, where we were told we were free, but we weren't free enough to own property, vote, get a proper education, or even fucking share the same water fountains and toilets with white people. So is that, is that really free? You know, but they, they told us to stop complaining because at least they allow us to walk up and down the street next to them. Like, at least they're allowing us to, you know, be in their existence and not, you know, have to work for them for free. You know, you got pennies and shit like that, but they were still lynching us. You know, that shit was not freedom. So it wasn't great then either, my nigga. If you had melanin in your skin, you do not believe America was ever fucking great. Okay. Then all the domestic policies in the Nixon administration, they trickle down to the Reagan and Bush administration. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not asleep. I see, I see what the fuck happened there. Okay. All this mass incarceration shit. This is when the shit jumped right here. I've been doing the research and what they learned is already, they already had hella black people, you know, incarcerated, you know, compared to the race, the rates of whites or non-blacks. But what they figured out was, if they could boost the prison population, they could make more money. Smart. Everybody's trying to make money. So I'm not shading the business that they did. I'm just shading the fact that my people are the people that they chose to, you know, destroy. So what they did was at the time, you know, around this time, the Nixon, Reagan, Bush, you know, there's a lot of war happening and all that shit. And all the hippies were anti-war. So, how can we get rid of these hippie motherfuckers? They started putting you in jail for smoking weed, calling it a drug, talking about how terrible it was and how it causes schizophrenia, causes laziness. It's a drug. It's a gateway drug. You're going to turn into a crackhead. That shit is false. Y'all need to stop saying that. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life, okay? Get you... Get your ass on YouTube and look up the culture high and get your fucking life about marijuana. Okay. I'm sick of it. The information is free. Okay. It's right in front of you. How amazing weed is. And you keep believing these dumbass stereotypes that they fucking put in our heads when we were kids about marijuana. It's just not true. The facts are not there to back it up. So just stop it. Okay. Wake up. So the hippies are anti-war. Boom. Let's arrest all these happy motherfuckers. Put them in jail. We're going to make money off of them. Now we got all these black people. We got we got to do something to them. So boom. We put heroin and we put crack cocaine in the black community. Yeah, either going to smoke it or they're going to sell it. Boom. Put them in jail too. See how that shit happens so quick? Jail population is up. They lit right now. They are happy. They're making money. This shit is a hustle. Jail is a hustle. Politics is a fucking hustle. P politicians, by the way, are the biggest fucking scammers in the world. You know, people was always asking me like, oh, well, so many black people only voted for Barack Obama because he's black. So? So fucking what? He's a horrible politician, just like the rest of them. Just because he's black... That doesn't mean he shouldn't have an opportunity to fuck this country up like every other white man before him. 
We all should get a shot. Asian people, women, whoever. We're not doing eight years. We're giving people eight years to turn over, to turn a country around. Like, are, are you guys taking this seriously? Do you really think that someone can turn this country around in eight years? Are you serious? Why hasn't it happened? It has never happened. So that's not the goal of being the president. The goal of being the president to me is some, t- some part of it is to get your issues off and try to fix a little bit of it. But the majority of it is to make money. That's what everybody's trying to do. So why can't a black man make money like these white people are being president? I don't understand what the problem is. Everybody's doing shit for money. Everybody. And that's why it's so fucked up. At some point, black people are going to have to take a stand and say enough is enough. We're going to have to start supporting our own black businesses. We're going to have to start propping up our own black leaders, our own black people. I was watching BET Awards and, you know, I don't I don't watch BET. I'm not going to lie. If there's not a show that somebody I know is on it or or it's not something very, very funny, I don't really watch it. I'm off it. It's just like any other channel. It's just a few more black people on it. But to me, what I would like for BET to do, something that would make me respect them more as a company, because I know everybody got bills to pay. I know. I get it. Okay. But what I think that they should try to do is, this is an example, and you know, y'all can hate it, and I'm going to fuck. But I think if they do the BET Awards and it's really about our people, I shouldn't see Coca-Cola sponsorships, my nigga. I really shouldn't. Show me some black owned companies. Give them some shine during the BET Awards. Make it really all about black people. Tell all these other big corporations, you know what? The award shows, we gonna, we gonna let our black people flourish. That's when I'll know is really black TV. Because if you're constantly taking the money of these billion dollar corporations, you're not like you you should do more to help the black community just give them a day give them an award show the BET awards is a perfect example for me I think every commercial break should be a black owned business big or small however you want to do it drop the fucking price my nigga allow them to bid and pay for ads and sponsorship for the show and let them flourish the only way we're going to turn this thing around is we got to start becoming business owners They fucked us from the beginning by not allowing us to own land because we weren't technically considered a human being. So when you see white people successful in America, we do think that there was somehow some way they had a silver spoon in their mouth or they had somebody helping them where we know in the black community, nobody ain't really passing shit down to us. So when I see black success, I want to just stand up for that shit and clap like you fucking you. You came from somewhere down low, deep, and you came out of it a successful person. I think it's fucking dope, especially in a country that's driven by money. If you're able to get that financial success, I say go for it, but never lose like where you came from. Never not assist people beneath you. Once you get up there, you're supposed to put your hand down and reach down and bring some other people up with you. The minute we figure that shit out, we gonna be on our way. We really are. 
But because of the way we were treated in history, the way we were beaten by slave owners, the way we were put against each other in, in you know, in all of these um, auctions for slaves and, and competing, like we're just co- continually competing with each other. And, and the fact that our streets aren't being policed properly, it's forcing a lot of us to defend ourselves in our own way. So I know a lot of shootings and stuff that are taking place. There's a lot of fucked up people in the world doing fucked up shit. I'm not sleep on that. But I'm saying there's a lot of other people that are policing themselves in ghettos because the police aren't doing anything. They're allowing us to kill each other. Keep it real, my nigga. If they really wanted to keep drugs out of our our country and crime off our streets, they really could do it. They do it just fine in Beverly Hills, and I know everybody doing lines of coke over there my nigga but there's no raid happening there's no hammer coming through their fucking door this shit is happening in the black community though because somebody saw an ashtray in somebody's trash can then the police feel like they have the right to bulldoze the fucking door and tear up everything in the house to look for this joint that somebody was smoking that shit's not happening in hollywood that shit is not happening in westwood my nigga like that shit is not happening so we really need to figure out what we want to do with ourselves. The moment we figure out that we were kings and queens and we should be treated as such, we would demand the respect that we deserve. Jesse touched on something else very important. He talked about the black woman. And I truly feel like the curse on our black men has a lot to do with how we treat, how they treat the black woman. She is your queen. That is not to say other women of other races aren't amazing, beautiful creatures. That is not saying that. What I'm saying is black men, you came from royalty, my nigga. That was your queen. Black women will do anything for a man that's really down for them. I don't give a fuck who you are. And so to me, the moment We embrace our black queens. The moment we realize that in numbers, we can win. The moment we just come together, like we really have to come together. I think things will turn around, but we're going to need more people. We need more people standing up, more people saying things, more people educating. And, you know, I know I have a very small platform, but I do my best to educate my people. Now, a lot of people don't like my delivery. And, you know, I don't know, maybe I do need to clean up a little bit to be heard more. But right now, I'm truly focused on the culture and the people that want my knowledge and want to hear my voice. You know, this is my contribution to what Jesse Williams spoke about yesterday. I try my best to educate my people, my hardest. And, you know, I I have to, you know, I know y'all probably think I just be sucking my nigga dick on my podcast every week. And I do. So what? But I thank him so much for not taking endorsements that would muzzle me. You know, he doesn't speak a lot. He doesn't talk about a lot of shit. He does. He's non-confrontational. He doesn't get into that. But the fact that he would turn down money so that the person in our household that is can still have her platform 
I mean, I don't know what else better he could have given to our community because I am one of the people that's never going to shut the fuck up. I'm going to forever talk about what's going on with us and, and how we need to be better, but also the shit that people are doing to us. So I thank him for allowing me that because a lot of people have endorsements and shit and that money means a lot to them. That money means a lot and they are not going to take their platform and, and get it chopped down for being black. And, you know, that's that's on you, my nigga. That's how you choose to live your life. You can you can sit in your million dollar mansion and not expose people to what's really happening in the world. That's on you. You know, you live your life. I can't live everybody else's life, but I cannot sit back knowing that I'm financially taken care of so that I can have a voice and not speaking about everything that's happening to black people. Speaking of voices, for those of you that don't know, I lent mine to ESPN's All Vagina Radio Show. It's called The Trifecta. I believe it's on on Saturday mornings. It's hosted by three women. Now, this is a big deal, okay? Sarah Spain, Jane McManus, and Kate Fagan. Three women on an all-sports live radio show. Live. That shit is ill. You know, I, I, I was... I was proud as a woman for a minute because I have been saying that there needs to be more all women um, cast for sports because, you know, a lot of us do know what we're talking about and we, sh- we deserve an opportunity just because we're female doesn't mean we don't know sports. There are a lot of people that don't. I'm not saying they all do. I'm just saying that there are some of us that do and we should be able to get opportunities. So shout out to ESPN. You know, I don't fuck with y'all for real, but. Shout out to ESPN for finally giving um, these women this opportunity. So I was hit up by a dude. uh, What was his name? I think his name was Dan. He hit me up to um, my email to come on a show with a dude named Booger McFarlane and Dari. Shit. I don't even want to fuck his last name up. It's N-O-W-K-H-A-H. I don't know how to pronounce it. But when I saw it, I was just like, oh, you know, I'm I'm hesitant with anything with ESPN. They don't really hit me up like that to do interviews. So I was just like, fuck that. This is a setup. This is a trap. I'm not doing it. You know, and I was just like, oh, yeah, I don't know, you know, whatever. And Dan was like, well, we have another show you could come on called The Trifecta. You know, there's three girls. And I was like, what? Three girls? I, I come out and hear about this. This is because I don't watch ESPN. I don't listen to ESPN. I don't do shit with ESPN. So I was like, damn, can you send me a link? So he sent me the link and I listened to some of the stuff that they had been doing. And I was like, you know what? I want to do it. I would love to join an all vagina cast to be interviewed. I think it would be dope. And I also, you know, of course, wanted to address Kate Fagan on some things that she had said about me as well as my husband. You know, I did it in a professional manner. So, um, you know, there should be no shade behind that, but you know, I took it as an opportunity to educate some of the people that don't really know me on, you know, some of the rumors and all oh, you got your husband fired and and oh, you you um you're a terrorist. You threatened to shoot a media rep like, no, I didn't. My nigga, like, stop saying this dumb shit. Every time I hear people say this dumb shit, it just, I just be like, what? like, why would you even say that after hearing me say I didn't say it? I'm not the delete type of bitch so if I said that shit my nigga I said it and I'm gonna tell you I motherfucking said it and I'm gonna tell you I fucking did it 
The shit that they're saying is not true. If I literally wanted to threaten this nigga Armando, I'd do it in his motherfucking face. I would not tweet a fucking gun threat. That's so corny to me. You corny niggas would do that dumb shit. Not me. Y'all don't understand the lingo of black Twitter. That's what the problem is. You don't understand it. So you interpret it in your own way. And then you think I'm supposed to feel some type of way about it. I don't. I don't give a fuck how you felt about how I dealt with that situation. You don't know all the ins and outs of what happened. And so that's why I went on ESPN to kind of clear some of that shit up. Just, you know, it's none of y'all business, real shit. It's none of y'all business. But I do believe in educating people so that that they have a choice. Now, you have a choice now whether you choose to keep on repeating a lie because that's what you're doing. I didn't get my husband removed from the Dolphins team. It's not true. They would have had Brent Grimes today if we wanted to be there. We didn't. So we're gone, period. I didn't threaten this man. I used black Twitter lingo, something you don't understand. And speaking of that, you know, I did the trifecta and everything. You know what I was thinking when I got done with that shit? I was like, you know what? The trifecta would be really dope if it had a woman for the culture on there. And I don't think it should be me because obviously they they don't trust me and they shouldn't. But um, I think they should have somebody on there you know, like a correspondent coming to you live, boom, so-and-so just tweeted this. Can you translate it? Because our white asses think he said this. And then the black girl come on like, no, no, no. You know what I'm saying? You clear that shit up. So then they don't also keep repeating dumb shit and rumors. Now, sometimes, yes, some of that shit's going to be real. But the times it is not, if you're not into that culture and you don't understand the languages, I don't think you should speak on it. I don't think you should have anything to say about it, especially if the person is saying that's not how I meant it. I was saying that the person that tells you exactly how the fuck she feels told you that's not how she meant it. Yet y'all chose to to believe it, just ran with it, you know. And so, I, you know, I, I took that opportunity to clear some shit up. I was very happy that, you know, they they allowed me that opportunity. I, I thought the show was pretty amazing I thought it was a a breakup like if you listen to that entire show at the beginning it comes across like three middle-aged white women talking about sports and talking about life and then I come on the air and shit gets real it seems like everybody turned into a reporter like everybody like tightened up their shirt and and scooted closer to their desk and was ready to talk some shit and I loved it I love talking some shit I love clearing some shit up I love debating stuff so that was amazing. You know, the energy changed when I came on. And I think they should, you know, think about, you know, having somebody black on the cast because it's, it's, it's a little, it's a, the skew is off. You know, no shade. I think three women period is dope. But I, I think we need a little diversity on that show and it really could take off. It could be something really amazing because those girls are talented. You know, they, they, you know, I, I respect their opinions. You know, sometimes people say things that they shouldn't and, and, and uninformed and uneducated opinions sometimes come across. But as a, as a unit, I, I think that all three of them come from a good place. And so that's why I like the show. And I'm actually going to start tuning in now because, you know, I, I, I want to support women, you know, and hopefully one day it'll be equal. You know, we have us a little Spanish chick up there, maybe a black chick, maybe an Asian chick, Indian, I don't know. 
but you know balance it out so all sides can be covered and cleared and and I think that you know that would be dope when I came on the show I was a little worried though I can't lie I was thinking to myself, like, okay, they're going to ask me about the Aisha Curry shit. Obviously, you know, that's going to come up. But I was thinking about it, like, they are women. You know, I'm over here giving them props, but they are women. So they might try to take some shots at me or whatever. And so I was happy that there were no disrespectful shots taken. You know, I was happy that I was able to clear up some things. They were able to ask me some questions straight up because I ask people all the time to ask me questions like, Ask me anything. I will tell you the truth. The only time I won't tell you the truth is if it fucks with somebody's money. And then I'll just ignore it. I just won't answer it for the most part. But I do my best not to tell a fucking lie about anything because I don't have shit to lie about. Nothing. So I was I was happy that it wasn't a nasty experience with those girls. And so I'm, I was happy. So I hope you guys take a listen to it. Um, I'll try to post it again on my Twitter if you didn't hear it. It was really good stuff. Me and Kate hashed everything out. And we cool. We're good people right now. So shout out to the trifecta. I hope you ladies continue to flourish. And uh, yeah, let me let me uh, switch this whole thing around. Let me bring on my guest because I wanted someone that was from LA that could speak about the OJ shit, you know, that has been popping. You gotta be from LA to give the real dope like perspective because we were here when it was going on. And I also wanted a guy that was married cause I have to get your opinion on Aisha Curry and what happened. You're in the league, you got a wife. So I want to get your opinion on that. And, you know, address it as myself because I haven't really given my true opinion on what I think, you know, happened with Aisha Curry. And I also wanted someone that could, um, how do I say this, relate to the one and done situation that's happening with the NCAA. So you came out of high school. So I was like, damn, I have to call Darrell. Like you can kind of help me address all these topics that are happening right now in society and today, you know, especially with sports, you know, we play sports. So I like to just give my opinion on what everybody else is talking about on social media as well as, you know, just X's and O's and all that kind of stuff. So we're not getting into any X and O's today. <laughs> the, the season's fucking over, man. Right. <laughs> we're dead. True that. We're dead right now. What do you do in the off season? Um, you know, my biggest thing is trying to get better each and every year. Uh, a lot of weights, a lot of basketball court stuff, five on five. Mm. Um, a lot of guys uh, really come back and try to, like, I guess, work on one part of their game. But I think it's very important to sharpen up every tool that you have, mm-hmm. whether it's dribbling, shooting, whatever you're good at, just making sure you're sharp at it. So right now I'm just trying to get my body in the best shape possible. So whenever training camp comes around, I'm ready to play. You ready. Mm-hmm. Dope. So you ended up um, coming out of high school, you know, playing, getting a championship, lit. Litty. That's fucking lit, dog. <laughs> Ugh, you lit. Uh-huh. So, you know, got a ring. You've been overseas and came back to the to the NBA. Um, what do you like better? Do you like – did you like playing overseas? Do, do you like – because when you came back, niggas wasn't giving you minutes. Like, uh-huh. I couldn't understand it. 
I thought they signed you because they really needed a shooter. Mm -hmm. And so in that first series, I think what what I thought they were going to do, what I would have done if I was the coach, (laughs) is get you some quality garbage minutes in some of those games to get your feet under you and hit a couple threes, see a couple fall in, because I know you're you're a sniper. You know what I'm saying? So I thought they were going to, you know, use you in those sniping type moments in the games. And and the struggle – with the Hornets, are they the Hornets? Yeah, the Hornets. That, the struggle with the Hornets, I think, might have fucked your minutes up. Yeah, you know, it's it's part of it. I think I really think I got there just a little too late. You know what I mean? I got there with two games left, and the team was in a position where they was fighting for the fourth seed. So the last two games where I thought I was gonna be able to get in there, I didn't have the opportunity because they were really trying to win the game. So mm-hmm. I think it was more one of those situations where they weren't trying to do no experimenting. Yeah, it's like, they didn't want to just gamble and shit. Yeah. Like, damn, but damn, I really was, ho- I came to, like, I was like, yo, I'm coming to these games. I wanted to see you get out there. And I was like, they they really couldn't gamble on you because they were struggling. Like they right. they struggled to beat that team, and it kind of fucked up what I thought would have happened. I think that if they had done what everybody thought they were gonna do, which like maybe sweep them or mm-hmm. five games, maybe, and and blow after they blew them out those first two games, they should have got you out there, dog. Yeah, like it should have <laughs> been some minutes for you out there. I just, I don't think people think about long term. Like I, I'm I'm a shooter, right? <laughs> so. I know that if I just hopped on a team last two games of the season, ha, ha, you know, you were playing in China, I believe, yep, or somewhere. China. Yeah. You know, but you have been sitting down for a minute. Like, I would know that a shooter definitely needs to just get out there and, and catch a rhythm real quick. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. I just, I don't know. Was, I question I question some of the coaching situations that happened there only because I was like there. You know, right, I right. was watching and I was, you know, I'm a fucking, I'm an athlete. I'm a hooper. So, I just was looking at shit like, man, <laughs> it's going to come back and bite them that they don't have us. The, the snipers, the situation was bad there. All right. You know? Yeah, I get it. But, you know, it was part of, it's part of it. And just so fortunate that I've been through every situation now in the NBA. And, you know, I didn't take it, you know, personal. You know, I took it as, you know, I'm here to get better and hopefully – if I do get thrown in there. Now, I was ready. Now, if I, I was thrown I think in there, you were. Yeah, I, I was ready. But, uh, you know, this is part of it. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't get past the Raptors against my little brother. I was pretty right. pissed about that. That was so sick. You know, I saw the, the pictures of y'all videos on Snapchat. I was like, oh, this is cute. I wonder if it's going to be cute uh, when Darrell loses <laughs> to his brother. <laughs> no, that's never fun. Like, I posted a picture of us at the end. And I, what I, in the caption I said, just when they said the big brother always wins. Right. Darrell's yeah. brother is DeLon, right, of the Toronto Raptors. He was just drafted last year, right? Mm-hmm. First year, rookie year. Damn. Damn. Damn, he beat you. I know he throws it. I, I know he throws it at you. Every, he don't ever jab you with it? Nah, not right now. I'm pretty sure that's be conversation in when a few get years. Older, yeah, you gotta, never beat him again. Yep, for oh, real. But for we sure. will. You know, hopefully wherever I am next year, uh, we get that opportunity. I, I might be on this team. Never know. Oh, you t- you do never know. <laughs> shit. Um, let's get into this OJ shit because um, when I watched it growing up in Inglewood, and I'm 41. I think you're much younger than yeah, I am. 30. Yeah, so we got an 11 year age <laughs> gap. So I, I I like this though because it would be interesting to see how you you know how how you went through that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a female living in Inglewood, California, 
during this time. And it's just like, damn, like our city was on fire. Black people were very upset. And a lot of people didn't really understand why um, the Rodney King riot situation happened. Mm -hmm. And it's because the, the, the local news, the local fuck shit that happens in L.A., is not televised for the world to see. So they didn't see a bubble just building and building right. and building, and that shit was the explosion of it. Mm-hmm. So the OJ uh, 30 for 30 educated us. Mm-hmm. Well, not us, me, you, but right. other people. You know what I'm saying? So tell me what it was like for you living in L.A. and seeing you know, all, the way the police treat black people and the justice system and and, and and the Rodney King situation, the riots. Man, it's crazy. You know, not even speaking on their what the things they had to go through. You know, me being an inner city kid from Los Angeles, South Central, and having to deal with that type of stuff on a regular. You know, either walking home from school, being out late. You know, hanging with friends and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I've definitely experienced you know different encounters with you know police. You know, not trying to say I was doing anything in the wrong, you know, they just, just parted L.A., you know. Right. Sometimes that happens. So, um, but the O.J., uh, that was crazy to me just because, you know, I'm a USC fan. I've been knowing about O.J. and then they talk right. about he murdered somebody. You know, me being a kid, that's like, How what? How old were you? You had to, if I was 13 or 14, I was, I was 94. No, shit. I was 19 when he, um turned himself in that whole that chase that right. that bronco shit yeah i was 19 i was a freshman in college I was a freshman when in college. that happened so you had to have been nine yeah i was nine and you so know, what happened like what did that destroy your your usc no 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 it's <laughs> juice <laughs> you, no. you was on it yeah I, I just didn't really understand you know my mother been working for the uh police department for 30 plus years now mm. so uh, I just went to her like, what's going on? Like, she was trying to explain to me everything. You know, I'm nine. I'm like, okay, but that's OJ. And I don't think he did it, you know? Right. <laughs> you was like every other black person. Like, you definitely took his side because not only was he OJ, was he the juice, was right. he our city's hero, he was also like, OJ was, he represented like success for black people. For sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, he represented like someone that, that just was able to touch white people. Like, that was a big deal. Yeah. You know I, what I'm saying? Like, to be able to be around the elite, wealthy white at that time, OJ sold his soul to do that. Oh, <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I mean, he wasn't standing up for black. You know, he was yeah. calling black people niggers and, and he was, you know, mocking and making fun of the fact that, you know, he was able to be around these people and he wasn't black. He's not, I'm not black. I'm OJ. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? That was one of the things that really stuck out with the 30 for 30. I didn't really agree with, you know what I mean? Because so many people in the inner city and different places of California really looked up to him when he was a star, you know? And, uh, him to say that, I think that was pretty, that was pretty That harsh. was hurtful. Yeah. Like we found out that this nigga that we have low key been defending <laughs> all this time didn't right. really fuck with us for real. Like if you really want to think about it. He didn't fuck with us. That was pretty crazy, but you know. And then when when those same white people that he loved and adorned and and was wanted to spend his um most precious moments with, when they when he killed that white woman and they (laughs) turned on him, he came back to us. Yeah. It was like OJ was black again all of a sudden. Like these are the only people accepting me, so cool. 
I'm I'm gonna go to church. I'm gonna be on Wendy Williams experiment. Like he he just like all of a sudden embraced his blackness when Ali and um Kareem and all these Real other athletes they were standing with their fist in the air like yeah. like fuck this. They've been trying to wake our people up, and OJ decided not to take that route. He wanted the money and the fame and right. to be liked by white people. So it's it was dope to me to see that like. So for people to see like what was really just happening right in our city. Right. You know, I was old enough. I was in the clubs, my nigga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in the clubs. So I, I saw a lot of shit. I saw how certain white celebrities moved and, and all that kind of shit. I went to college here. I, I was here. Yeah. Cal State LA. Shout out to all my people. Shout out <laughs> to the Golden Eagles. So it was kind of dope to me for people to really see, you know, Eula Love and, and Latasha, um, Latasha, what's her last name? Latasha, um, shit. The, you, do you remember that situation? No. Um, what is her name? Latasha Harlan, I think it is. The girl that um, that was shot in the back of the head at the Korean store. You might have been too young. Yeah, I don't remember that story. Oh, man. I remember. We were the same age. She would have been 41. We, have the, we were born the exact same year. Oh, wow. And when I was, she was 15. So I was 15 years old. Mm -hmm. She went into a Korean, you know, at the time, all of the black businesses um, were owned predominantly by Koreans. Okay. So when you go into just a regular liquor store, gas station, a food mart, whatever, it was predominantly Asian people. And, that, you know, that's one of the other things I, I hate about black communities, how when you go in other communities, the, you know, the little, they have their own little hoods, you know, little Mexico, yeah. little Koreatown, all that. All their businesses are owned by their people. Right. But you go to our hoods, we don't own shit. Yeah, you know what I'm right saying? We don't own shit. So this Korean lady... Um, this was 13 days after Rodney King got his ass whooped. Mm -hmm. This girl was in there to buy some orange juice and the Korean lady accused her of trying to steal the orange juice and snatched her money. It's all on camera. You can look this up online. Oh, yeah, I gotta look that and up. And they get to fighting over the girl's money. Her mm -hmm. and the lady behind the register, an Asian lady, this 15-year-old girl's like fighting, trying to get her money and the lady doesn't give it to her. She ends up walking out of the store like, well, fuck it, then I'm about to leave. And the lady shot her in the back of the head. Wow. She got no jail time and got like 500 hours of community service or some shit like that. That's all bad, man. That's some of the things that were boiling over in L.A. Yeah. So when O.J. killed this woman, allegedly. Allegedly. Because <laughs> right. it's alleged as fuck, in my opinion. Right. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, we were just like, no, he didn't do it. They planted it. They, they did this. Right. This is what they do. You know, they planted shit. On the homies, you know, on the corners, you know what I'm saying? So why the fuck wouldn't they plan an OJ? <laughs> they, they mad because he's married to one of their white women. Like, that's just how our city, I feel like, took it. Oh, no, for sure. You know? And so I was of adult age, so that shit was a little different for me. Yeah. I didn't realize you were fucking nine. Yeah, I was nine. So. Like, you didn't even know anything about, did you know about the racial indifferences at nine? Uh, not, not, not necessarily, you know, your, your parents teach you different things, you know, especially being in the inner city, you know, they explain to you the things that you're going to have to go through and stuff like that. You know, this is what might happen in this situation. They try to basically right. protect you and tell you how to react if you were ever in that situation. So, uh, but at nine, I never really got into anything, you know, that was racist or anything like that, that made me like, Oh mom, this, you know, this and that happened. So. I was definitely prepared for those things and, you know, very educated about 
different things that our ancestors and people had to go through for us to be where we are today. Right. That's some real shit. So I just said allegedly mm-hmm. about OJ doing it. Did OJ do it? I don't know, man. After watching that People vs. OJ, I watched that with my wife. That was pretty crazy. Just learning the whole everything. You know what I mean? All the nine. details. Yeah, right? it's crazy. It was so crazy, man. And just some for some reason, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. I didn't really think he did it. You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. You hear different people on social media, different people, you yeah. know, uh, friends and stuff that think that, you know, it was probably somebody else that did His it. His son. You know, there's a documentary out. I don't know the name of it, but if you go on, I think it's on YouTube, Mm -hmm. and you Google OJ's son did it, like, you'll be able to see, like, why that's very true. And I'm not saying OJ might not have been there or, 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 you know, had some some maybe assistance in it or possibly, you know, planned it. Because his son is, um, he he, he ain't all right up there. Oh, really? Yeah. He ain't all right. I didn't know that either. Yeah. And, And he was a chef. Oh, real? And yeah, it's it's a whole little little documentary on that night, what happened with his son and why he could have possibly, you know, done this. Oh, I got to check you that gotta out. You got to look that up. Yeah. I don't know the name. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm pretty sure Google will help me on yeah. social media. Yeah. And so some of it makes me think that there was a lot of evidence planted to make it look like it was OJ mm-hmm. when it really might have been his son. That's, that's deep right there. And, I didn't know that. you know, if it was his son, then I have a whole newfound respect for OJ. Yeah. I'm just like, damn, you took this L for your son. It's dope. If you didn't tell your son to do it, obviously. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it could have been his son after I watched that documentary. I don't know. All I know is had they not planted evidence, I might know better. Right, right. But because you planted evidence, I don't trust any of it. Yeah, I don't and, trust And that's why either. he got off. Like, that is why he got off, because he had better lawyers who, you know, in the moments that needed to be big, like, you had to be big to win this. You couldn't just be regular, because there was a lot of evidence that looked like you did this, my nigga. (laughs) Right, right. So, it was dope. He had the dopest lawyers, and he won, because they proved that niggas, these cops ain't shit. Look what they, look what, this had to be planned. This shit right here. And Johnny Cochran was a beast, oh, man. Beast. His whole swag. Who, yeah, who, was he your favorite character? <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. He was, I can't he lie. Was. He was definitely my favorite character. Well, and the other guy, the main guy. Uh, I forget. Darden? Yeah, I guess the that's the boy. Yeah, he, he was pissing me off. He wanted to be the man so bad. Yeah, he just kept fucking up. Yeah, he wanted to be the man so bad. Man. Yeah. I'm glad, you know. It was they, good, though. I thought it was great entertainment. People were mad that the 30 for 30 happened after... Um, the people versus OJ, but I thought that 30 for 30 was better. It gave way more detail. It right. took you back further. Like they had the receipts on a lot of shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like live, like you can, you can act something out and it could be really, really good. But to have like video of OJ when he got out of jail right. <laughs> and they said you didn't do it. And he was like talking shit at the TV like that. <laughs> Who thought of recording that? Yeah, that shit crazy. was brilliant to me. Cameras rolling. Yes. Cameras <laughs> was rolling, my nigga. And we didn't even know it. All right. That was dope how they caught the nigga faking like he was, you know, when he took his flag down, like he planned all that shit. My nigga OJ, you are terrible, but I enjoyed that. I love knowing what really truly happened. Yeah, I, like I said, I got a different outlook on OJ now. You know, after watching all that stuff, man, yeah, it's crazy. I don't fuck with OJ. <laughs> I, don't I don't. 
<laughs> I do not fuck with OJ all right. at all. Like I can't, I can't discredit. Like they're they're thinking about taking him off the Hall of Fame because of this. Did you hear oh, that? Really? Yes. I just found out he had thirty three years. I didn't know he had thirty three. Thirty three years for that crime, my nigga. Stuff. Come on, dog. You know what happened? Yeah, they was waiting. You know what happened? That mm-hmm. nigga should have kept his nose clean. And the moment they had an opportunity to flip his ass over. They That's did. exactly what they did, nigga. Got you yeah. somehow, some way, idiot. Man. You know, so he should have kept his nose clean, but now they're talking about taking him off the Hall of Fame, my nigga. That's time out. Time out, my nigga. Time out. <laughs> I do not fuck with OJ, but one thing I do fuck with is 14 games and 2,000 yards. You will not disrespect that shit. Yeah, like, that has it. nothing to do. He didn't even know her then. All right. He did not know her ass then, so it had nothing to do with her. That had to do with his talent, and I feel like he still should be there because a lot of people are fucked up and still, you know what I'm saying, going to the Hall of Fame and all this shit. Like, that ain't ain't cool. I agree with you with that because even now with this technology and these athletes, you know, that don't really happen often. Right. I know you know, uh, being a, a big football fan as well. Me too. That uh, it's not too many people running for no two thousand yards, especially in fourteen games. Fourteen games. Now, would they play sixteen games? Yes, and the coverage is different. Like the way niggas can scheme against the run. Like OJ was doing that butt ass. Like, like in the realest forms of what football really used. Like the real football used to be. Right Right now, this is not football. You can't hit the quarterback (laughs) five yards off the goddamn receiver so he can catch the ball, then tackle him afterwards. Like, what the (laughs) fuck is this? WWE. Yeah, I fucking played flag football uh, yesterday at the beach. We had way more contact on our quarterback, and and, and, you know, like, nigga, what are y'all doing? Like, this shit is whack. But OJ did that shit. When niggas wasn't doing that shit. Right. And I feel like for that, he still deserves his athletic accolades. Like, that's not fair mm-hmm. to me. He's an asshole, but he's an amazing asshole. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. They shouldn't They shouldn't strip him of that. Speaking of, let's talk about some, some other strippings. <laughs> <laughs> the NCAA. Okay. They don't pay athletes. Do you think... The NCAA should pay athletes. Hundred percent. I Why? think because number one thing, you know, that stands out is not a secret. They're making millions of dollars on these uh Damn college near billions. athletes. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, yeah. they signed what just a new T V deal not too long ago. Yeah. And you know, you got these struggling college students, you know. Eating uh, ramen noodles every day, man. my nigga. You propping up a billion-dollar organization. Man, one of my best friends, Jack McClinton, that went to the University of Miami, he used to be at my house all the time raiding my refrigerator and yeah. and the pantry because, you know, him being a college student, it wasn't tough. And, you know, I watched it with my little brother as well. I'm pretty sure it was a little different by the time he got to college. And, uh, you know, he had a little bo- more support from me as well. But... Uh, I know the struggle that college kids go through throughout the year and them not being able to make a little bit money. Uh, something. Something. They you can't know what I mean? get a job. Yeah, exactly. You can't get a job if you're on a on a on a D- Division One basketball scholarship. Your life is performing. They don't. They don't even care if you're not smart. They will pass you through classes so that you can perform when they need to sell. Those motherfucking tickets. Right. And they don't let you get no money. They don't let you get nothing. You can't fucking charge somebody $20 to sign your jersey that they bought 
on their own. And, and now with the year start serving alcohol at games, so that's oh, even that's, another thing. That's, that's another more sponsor. Oh my God, yeah, they so. are raping these boys. Yeah, so hopefully they figure something out. I'm glad that they. Well, I'm I'm kind of it's it's like bittersweet feeling about the NCAA games. I didn't play the basketball game, but I used to play college football. You know, yeah. thing that Ed O'Bannon did with taking them to court. You yeah. know, for using their likeness and all that. Uh, you know, I think that was big, you know, for those yeah. guys to get money for that because exactly. They make I don't know millions. why everybody's not doing it. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. I, I wish I wish my school I was division two. So it wasn't really like that. But I wish I could. I'd be like, fuck, yeah. Like, I I don't really understand why people don't see that they keep on saying shit like oh you're getting a college education not necessarily that's all alleged right there that's all motherfucking alleged because if you fucking rupture your achilles and they have to go replace their point guard you might lose your scholarship you might have to uh transfer right transfer somewhere else because you can't be on the books if you're not fucking putting money in their pocket and then on top of that like i said before a lot of times they will pay they they will they will pass the athlete Mm -hmm. in classes just making them take bullshit regular just to stay eligible type shit so when them four years is up the nigga like damn i still gotta go to school another year and a half right like wait (laughs) i i I did four years like they just you guys don't know that they will put them in the the bare minimum just so they don't have to like really be studying like you have to be ambitious when you go to college like you have to be like nah i'm gonna go and take my the, the classes that are gonna put me on track to graduate because they will not they will not give a fuck. Right. They will just make sure your dumb ass is eligible and able to sh- fucking jump ball every time the lights are on. Yeah, and a lot of things I hear from uh, friends that went to school, if you didn't really, like, graduate or stay there a certain amount of years, they some schools don't even let you come back to finish your finish your school. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I think one thing that really stood out when my brother went to the University of Utah, my dad had mentioned is that uh, if he had left after his junior year, they was going to give him an opportunity to come back to school and finish. That's but dope. every program is not like that, right. you know what I mean? And uh, just, you know, for his coaching staff and the, and the university, they give him that option. I think that, that's, that's big. That, probably rare as well. Yeah, no, it's definitely rare. That's why, you know, it's not always good to go to those big-time schools like Kentucky and UConn. I don't know because I can't speak on all of them because I didn't go to college. Right. So uh, I just think, you know, that's unfair to the kids that's coming there, making you this money, making you look good as a coach, and you're not letting them come back to school. Right. So so as far as the one and done, do you – because before, I mean, you were one of the examples of when you could come right out of high school. Right. And <clears throat> it has always been my opinion that the, that the fact that the two predominantly black sports only have this rule. Right. And to me – it seems like they're just trying to capitalize as much as they can on the black athlete. And by making a one and done rule, just the fact that they even allow it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it's rude or wrong for coaches that are like, I'm cool with the one and done. I'll take them for one year and, you know, do what I can. Or do you think that, that the coaches should be trying to promote four years of college as far as, you know, the benefits of developing your game, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or or for the, you know, the education factor behind it. What do you think about that? Um, well, I, I was always on the fence with this one, you know, uh, not trying to be a hypocrite or anything because I came out of high school and, uh, you know, 
past few years I've been on the fence with, you know, guys going to school and staying in there a little longer. Just because, man, you know, the money's getting more and more crazier by the, by the years. Yeah, outrageous. And, lot, and these kids are not mature enough to handle it. You know, they probably can compete at a high level, but I don't think they're mature enough to know how to manage their money, how to keep the right people around them, and, um, you know, spend their money wisely. And a lot of these kids are coming in 18, 19, probably don't develop as fast as the team want them to, and they let them go. And now, 21 years old, they're playing overseas. And, you know, uh, they missed out on more college and stuff like that. So I'm kind of going more towards a, like two years and being like 20 years old, then come out of school. Just so you could learn everything. I was 18. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know nothing at all. Right. As far as managing my money, uh, at least I knew how to write a check and, you know, stuff like that that my mom helped me with before I even got on my own. But uh, it was just a lot of things, just being a professional. I had to learn all that stuff, you know, uh, and prep school really helped me as well. But it wasn't the real world and getting ready for Miami. I was in Connecticut, right. you know what I mean? Right. So I really think those kids should stay in at least two years and be 20 years old just so they can mature. And it's kind of hard because it's some kids as 18 and they're ready to play like yeah. a LeBron James. But uh, I just feel like they should either go overseas or stay in school for two years. Right. Because, well, I think it's all based on individual, you know, situations. Right. Like you said, there are some LeBron Jameses that are ready for it. And there are some kids that need a couple years to learn. Mm -hmm. But at, at the end of the day, how I get to the bottom of it is I say we should have choices. Right, for sure. We should be able to make that choice. And it's life. You know, in life, you, you your life flows based on the choices you make as you're living. Right. So who am I to tell someone they can't go fuck up their life and become an instant millionaire and then fuck it up because they weren't ready? Right. Who am I? Who am I? You're right about that. <laughs> That's how I see it. Don't tell me what I need to do, what, what's going to be best for me, because I might be immature, and but basketball might be the only thing I have, the yeah. only thing I'm capable of doing. So let's say I do this two years and I get hurt in college mm -hmm. and I never got drafted. I never got any money. If I, if I get injured two years in the NBA, I got some money. True that. You know, and, I can start. I can. I got a foundation. I can start at. When you get injured and sent on your way in college, you sent right back to the ghetto you came from. Right, true that. With nothing. True. So I, I just feel like at least if you did get there and you fucked it up, you have a head start in life, which is something a lot of black men do not get. Yeah, you're right about that. So it, I think that we should all be able to make the choice. And if you make the wrong choice, my nigga, then that's your life, and yeah, that's how you gotta. It. You got to live with it. That's why I said I'm on the fence with it because you're absolutely right about that. And then going back to paying the college players yeah. so you can have something to sit on. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, give, so. me, give me a check for all this money <laughs> I'm giving y'all. Like, I just feel like there needs to be something done. Right. Something has to give. It's just it's just disrespectful at this point. Yeah. It's just right in our face. It's like everything is it's like the police brutality shit. This shit is right in our face. Yeah. Like, just you walk outside and it's like a dick slaps you right in your oh, face shit. every day that <laughs> the police might want to fuck you up today because you're black. Yeah. A lot of people don't really know how that feel. And that's why they think that we should get over shit and we should, while we live making a big deal out of shit, you don't live how we live. You don't walk around in our skin mm -hmm. and know how we feel. And so 
That's why I feel like these sports, these kids should be able to do what the fuck they feel like. If they make a mistake, that's their life. They got to live with that. Everybody else is out here making mistakes. You know, it's non-athletes, people starting businesses, fucking it up. Going down the drain, got to start over. We don't tell them, no, 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 you can't start a business. You got to learn the bit. Like, we don't. So why are we telling these people that quite possibly might be their only talent? Because yeah. <laughs> college ain't for everybody. Niggas don't be smart all the time. I feel you. <laughs> Niggas have sick ass <laughs> jump shot, dope handle, fucking dis- disrespectful defense. But my nigga, <laughs> I can't read all that well. So why are you telling me to go to college? My money is in this shit right here, right, nigga. Right. I I know basketball, my nigga. Right. I don't know math and English and science and history. I don't. I, I didn't you. learn it. They just pushed me along as a kid because I was dope. Right. So stop trying to make me learn something. Just let me hoop. Can, can I hoop, please? <laughs> can I fucking hoop? <laughs> Man, transition, segue, segue. Aisha Curry <laughs> decided to. Uh, she's been she's been in her feelings a lot recently. She she has had some 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 monumental tweets about you know the thoughts of social media versus the covered up women as I sit here with my with my boobs out. <laughs> um, she thinks that a covered up woman is the right woman type of situation. She tried to backpedal a couple times and say she's not trying to hate on nobody, but. It, she's she know what she's saying and she's basically saying y'all some hoes and y'all got to cover up to get attention and I don't and I got Steph Curry that's what that means that's what I read it as anyway mm-hmm. so recently she said the NBA was rigged after uh game six her team lost they was up 3-1 everybody know the story they was up 3-1 the nigga Steph threw the mouthpiece and hit a fan like we saw America's sweetheart fall apart <laughs> all within a, a, a 30 minute span when he threw that mouthpiece and started cussing the ref off it was like <laughs> Jesus himself had started cussing like you know like it was so weird how people thought that Steph didn't cuss hey Steph ain't no punk now right but people really think <laughs> right. that the, what this perception they have of him and his mm-hmm. wife and his family and how it's just so perfect and they don't say cuss words and they're so polite and they don't judge people. And like they saw him, you know, lose his cool, yeah, which is, he, he's human. Right. But it was like, they was like, wait a minute, this nigga can't be human. Exactly. Did he just cuss a ref out and throw his mouthpiece and hit somebody and cuss his way all the way out the stadium while getting kicked <laughs> out. And then his wife goes on Twitter right behind that and says, the league is rigged. Go, go on, tell me. I'm going to start it off first. Yeah, so it's it, definitely not rigged. Uh, <laughs> me being a person that's played in a lot of games and and uh, and know how to flow the games go and stuff like that, it's definitely not rigged. So I see a lot of former players came out and said a lot of stuff about that as well. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know. how does how does a how does the wife? Because because I I'm a wife of a player, but mm-hmm. my my nigga never been on a seventy three and nine type of team. Right. Okay. So how do you call the league rigged at seventy three and nine? <laughs> I don't know. How I'll... up three one? You was down three one in the series beforehand, mm-hmm. and you won it. That wasn't supposed to happen. Right. 
So was that rigged? No, that wasn't rigged. Yeah, but they then were the better team. The better team won. But then it's rigged when your team is up three one and the other team, um, LeBron has LeBron James. Mm-hmm. It just has LeBron James on it. Like that right there is tough. He right. not finna go down without a fight. Mm-hmm. And then you got Kyrie playing how he's playing. No, he was hooping. And you got niggas coming off the bench dying for this shit. Like the D- Dante Jones and <laughs> and all, these niggas was out here playing out, outside of themselves, doing whatever, scrapping, hustling, dying, you know, and, and you're watching this. You at the game. I'm watching it at home. Mm-hmm. But I know when you at the game, you can see way more. You have great seats. So I'm trying to figure out how you'd watch that and you could think that that's rigged. Yeah, I think it was one of them situations. It was just the heat of the moment. Uh, I understand uh, the whys. It made me think that this conversation has come up somewhere. With me? No, 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 no. Or just her. Maybe with her wife, her husband. I don't know. Maybe family. Why would you think something like that? I, I, I really couldn't answer that. But I can say, you know, having a competitive wife. Even though I know she wouldn't tweet that or whatever. You, yeah, so you you, but, you don't have an Aisha Curry or a Miko Grimes. <laughs> you don't have one of us. I'm pretty sure she'd say something, you know, but I, I probably would go over my head, but it would be nothing on those lines. But I think it was just one of those moments. It was just the heat of the moment. It's the finals, yeah. you know. It's not a regular season game. My wife wasn't with me when I went to the finals with Miami and we was right, down right. 2-1, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of hard. No, I'm sorry. We was down 2-0 and we was down like 15 in the fourth quarter and D-Wade just was Lit- flash. And Fla- was flew, flew on through it and yeah. kept the save a hole. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I think it was just one of those things that he the moment and uh, they know what they were out there playing for. They're playing for, you know, something everybody wants every year at the start of the season. So... I know she apologized. I know she really regrets it and yeah. uh, and feel bad about it yeah. because, you know, that's like family, uh, Steph and Aisha. And I know what type of person she is. And I don't really, really, really think she meant it like that. You know she just I mean? snapped. Yeah, I think See, she just I don't, snapped. See, I don't, po- I don't have a problem with snaps. Mm-hmm. I think my only, my truly, honestly, only problem with what she said is that it came from no form of education on the sport and the game. Right. So it, it made her look dumb. Yeah, she made a good point. She said she just really started yeah. knowing about, about ball. Yeah, you, know, it, like you that, can so. tell the ignorance in it. And I don't have no problem with people snapping. She should have just snapped and said she was pissed the fuck off that they <laughs> lost. Fuck the Cavs. Fuck LeBron. Fuck Kyrie. <laughs> fuck Cleveland. I, I would have been retweeting the shit out of it. Like, say that shit, bitch. You know what I'm saying? But when she came from... A perspective of knowing the game and and, and she not understanding like seventy three and nine like like it just made her look stupid and then I couldn't defend her like I wanted to. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like I really wanted to defend her and so I tweeted her and I said something to her like you know you don't want to do this you don't want to be me. Right. Your man has endorsements and all types of shit popping off. They will use this to bury you if they can. Right. You know, y'all, y'all, it's strong. He's always gonna have a, a, a an NBA contract. Oh yeah, for sure. Always. There's, there's no other Steph Curry's in the league, so it don't matter where he go. If the, if the Warriors, you know, got mad at what she tweeted and decided to cut Steph, trust me, they would be just fine wherever they went. So the, the the contract is not in jeopardy. However, mm-hmm. companies and organizations don't like people that have like outspoken significant others. <laughs> they don't like that. 
because they don't have contracts with those people. Right. You know, nobody has a contract with me. My husband plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They have a contract with him. So I say what the fuck I want to say. Right. So <laughs> I believe Aisha Curry should be able to say what the fuck she wants to say. If she wants to say the NBA is rigged, she has every right to, in my opinion. You just going to look stupid because it's not. Right. But if you just want to say whatever you want to say, I don't think there's a problem with it. Your wife doesn't say how she feels about games or or any of that type of stuff. Do you tell her not to or does she just not want to? Nah, she, I, I don't have to tell her anything like that. I think she understands that's not a good idea, you know, for my sake or hers. You know what I mean? Just like what you just reflect on. You know, people, when, they, when they're interested in you and they want to invest in you, they don't just, you know, do a background check on you. They do a background check on your whole family. Your brothers, your sisters, your wife, right. your next door neighbor. They want to know what type of person you are, what type of family you guys are. So um, that's something. And my, my wife has been a child star. So, you know, she was in a group a long time ago. So she knows the politics, you know, doing mm. having bad press around you. So a lot of stuff with me, you know, you know, with me, the way I move comes from her kicking Experience. lines to me. You know what I mean? So Dope. she went through it before. So uh, a lot of stuff. uh you know, we know, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of off limits, you know, to do or say. Because it's times, it's times I want to tweet certain things or want to do something and I ask her and she'd be like, uh, that's stupid. That's a bad idea. So she, she know. Okay, good. So do you think that you could handle like a Miko or an Aisha? <laughs> yeah. You, you think so? A yeah. lot of people think that. Now, I- but first of all, hold on, because a lot of people try to compare Aisha and I. And since you know her and you know me, do you think no, that y'all. her? Do you think there's any type of comparison? No way. You got her by a long. Yes, that's what I was a little bit offended when everybody was calling her the Miko Grimes of the NBA. I was like, what? She didn't even cuss. Right. She try, they trying your gangster. Man. I was like, how disrespectful. Like I, I was low key offended because I was like, wait a minute, she didn't cuss. She deleted the tweet. Right. She apologized for the tweet. Like, my nigga, I would never, ever fuck y'all feelings. You ain't deleting yours? I ain't deleting shit. <laughs> Even when I said that Magic Johnson shit, which I did kind of regret it because I didn't want my gay people to, to, you know what I'm saying, be offended. And somehow gay people were offended by that. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't get it, but I can't really like tell somebody how to not feel about something if I care about them. Right. So if my friends are offended by something that I said, I'm going to apologize because I don't give a fuck about the rest of y'all. I care about the people that I care about. Right. And if they were offended by it, then I'm going to apologize by not deleting it. Cause what the fuck's the delete going to do? It still exists. Like it happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Once you put it out there, yeah. it's out there. It happened, you know? And I was just like, damn, she's not a sports reporter. Like I kick hella sports facts bars. She said something very non sports reporter. Like her, her big thing was uneducated. And I feel like I come across educated about sports. And so not saying like this bad or nothing, but I was just like, we're nothing alike. We're just black and married <laughs> to athletes. Like, damn, she said one thing, one. Yeah, no, but you they got her. They tried to for crucify sure. her. They tried to kill that girl for her her dumb opinion. But I'm saying that you got to look at it, man. This world we live in right now, and you can't do nothing good. You can't do nothing bad. And uh, you know, like you said, they look at the Currys like you know, 
one of the best families, you know, like, right. you know, one of those, you know, families you see on TV. And, you know, they're great people, uh, great personalities, a lot of fun. So, you know, they never had nothing bad to say about them. So I feel like they just had that little small window when she made a mistake. And, they just uh, hopped on and they, it. And they just hopped on it and, you know, made it like she said the worst of the worst that you yeah, ever Yeah, like say, she so. said that, that she found out LeBron paid a ref or something. Like, crazy. Nigga, that, that's a story. Right, right. Her saying that the, the league is, is rigged is just ignorance of a woman that doesn't really know the NBA. Like, that's all. Like, make fun of her for that. Don't act like she's this horrible person because yeah. she says something dumb. Yeah, she's definitely a great person. Yeah. yeah so. Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to get out of here. But um, before we get out of here, I know you got some things going on. You, you, you like, always into shit. I be seeing you DJing. I be seeing something about a clothing line. You know what I'm saying? I know you got a Drew League team. So, rep your shit right quick. Uh, you know, I'm always trying to, you know, stay busy, especially I think the number one thing right now is my foundation, D Right Way Foundation. People oh. could uh, learn more about it on D Right Way Foundation.org. And, you know, my main goals is – uh, giving back to the inner city, uh, less fortunate, single mother homes and things like mm. that. So I'm um, doing that year round. Uh, like you said, my clothing line, Scrapes and Gravel, scrapesandgravel.com. Um, I got like some of that. I'll I be seeing you trying to stunt a little bit. Uh, you know, I'll be trying, you know, show them, show them my swaggy <laughs> side, you know. But uh, we got a lot of great things coming uh, for the fall that we're working on that I think is going to be pretty sick and uh, a lot of people are really gonna like the new wave that we're going and uh you know me just so what so you you in the drew league this summer drew league. you playing or you just I'm coaching play, you know, i'm gonna play this uh weekend july 2nd we play sunday and you know i always gotta go in there no and that's the third game. that's the third the third the drew league's gonna still go for uh fourth of july weekend yeah you, you know what they're gonna do a uh, friday saturday no sunday oh then. okay friday saturday you're right about that so Friday, okay. Saturday. So I think it's Saturday. I got to check again. But, you know, we'll be at the Drew trying to hold it down. What's uh, your record right now? I think there is. And it's not too good. I think they're like one and three right now. Oh. But it's enough time, you know. A lot of the a lot of the pros aren't there yet. No, no you pros. Know, it's, July it's, 1st. Yeah, July mm -hmm. 1st, the pros come in. So that shit shake real oh, yeah. different the when ring. the pros step in. I, I like watching it at this level, too, because... There's a lot of dope niggas. There's a lot of hoopers. Like, Man. shit is cool. We got people that fly from different places and live here in the summertime just so they compete in the Drew League, even get filmed to show teams overseas and just different little yeah. professionals. Yeah, because you're competing against niggas in the league. Like, exactly. why wouldn't you take that footage and use it like, hey, run me a check. All Look right. at this. For real, for real. Especially if you actually hoop against them. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about that. Nobody can say nothing about King Tut. Oh, that God. they ever gave me buckets. <laughs> oh, my God. So you ain't getting no name over here, big oh, dog. Oh, <laughs> God. This nigga right here. Well, I'm going to definitely check you out at the Drew League. And good luck with the foundation and the clothing you. line. I like seeing a man that, you know, not only, you know, you played sports and all that shit, but it looks like you have a lot of shit and a lot of shit. I keep cussing. I cuss so much. <laughs> it's so bad. It's you have good. a lot of irons in the fire. Mm -hmm. And... You have things going because you clearly know that that money doesn't last forever. Right. Like, you got to continue to grind. You got to continue to bring in money. And a lot of the players, like you were talking about, that, that go into the business not knowing everything, mm -hmm. niggas will retire and have nothing going on, just sitting around paying money out and nothing's coming in. So props to you for, you know, shit, knowing 
checks still got to be coming in. That's right. Life after basketball, man, it don't yes. last forever. You know, right now, while my feet are still in, I'm trying to build as many relationships yeah. as I can. So when I'm done, you know, I can live the same lifestyle, live the same way. Dope. Well, thank you so much for not being afraid to be on my podcast. Oh no, always. was it bad? No, it wasn't bad. Cool. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see when uh, Twitter see it and uh, we chop this up yeah. to make you look bad. <laughs> no, nah, make me look bad. Back. Shout out to Moose Cat Studios in Los Angeles, doing it big. Shout out to Darrell for joining me today. Shout out to everybody that's gonna forward this link to all your peoples. And shout out to everybody that fuck with me, period. I appreciate you guys. I'm doing this shit every week. I, I got some other, you know, irons in the fire, some other things I want to bring to you guys. And so shout out to all of y'all that keep motivating me to keep going. I'm uh, live in Moose Cat Studios in L.A. Turned up. We just had tax on. He lit in L.A. I guess I'm gonna have to holler at y'all next week and make sure you keep it real. In the famous cities I've been, I'll in my hood fame to Kim folks to run up a bin. Bitches frequent, I'm current, never been delinquent. Liquid food, holistic, I get the loo relinquish. Pay me, yeah, pay me like it's obligated. The gated cribs, new beamers, this shit get complicated. I made it work, then I made it work for other niggas. Selective amnesia, they vaguely remember, remember from where it started. Sad.